pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scanfelbury. Hello, all three of us. Good to see you both. Good to see you. Our guest, who we'll introduce shortly, was just uh, taking his top off. It's because it's very warm in here. What instructions did you send him? <laughs> the informal ones. Did you? Okay. Always, <laughs> always, right. always, always. How's your week been? Uh, it's not been too bad, thank you very much. What about you? Pretty good. Got 700 moons in Mario Odyssey. This week? Yep, last night, in fact. Did you? Mm. Tried to stop at 666 and got too excited. <laughs> okay. So I'm pushing on to 777. It's brilliant. Right, what was the last one you got? Last moon I got... I don't... Oh, I do remember. It was a boss battle against the bird thing in the soup. Okay. Uh, but it was, a, it was the harder boss battle, so right. I got three moons. Congratulations. Three moons for that. Yes, thank you. Anne, what about your week? Oh, my goodness. It's been busy. Uh, I was just very tired this weekend. Mm. Just very, very tired. But, you know, it comes with old age, isn't it, Simon? Isn't it, Simon? It really does, yeah. It's your back started to go here as well. <laughs> no, it was my neck this morning. Uh, I've been at, I genuinely had to spend the weekend on the sofa because my back went. But I played lots of video games. Good news. So it's a good job we are a video games radio show. Thank <laughs> goodness. And not just a check-in for our health. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to need a lot of things to talk about today because we've got no features. Really? Zero Ooh. features. We've got an excellent guest, though. Thank goodness. All the way over from Montreal, it's Teddy Deef, Creative Director, Square Montreal. That's right. Thanks for coming. Uh, it's good to be here. It's great to see you. With no top on. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have You've they... got one top left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they they yeah, say I good. have abs for radio. So. <laughs> Do they? Okay. Thank you for coming over. Uh, you're going to be sticking around the show. We're going to talk to you about lots of stuff. Uh, of course, you're well known for Hyperlight Drifter. Mm-hmm. Um, and mo- most recently at Square. So we'll be covering all of that stuff. But before we crack on with any of that... Oh, no, go on. Uh, before we crack on with yeah. what we're about to crack on with, yeah. I should probably let you know, uh, I wrote the news in a different font than oh, I did. interesting. Are you going to read it out in a different font? No, so I, um, I think I've overwritten everything because it took up a lot less space. Okay. <laughs> and I do it by eye. I'm just right. like, oh, yeah, that'll, that'll take... So anyway, if this overruns, it's not my fault. Blame it on the font. On Monday the 20th of November, I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. EA 
Day has switched off microtransactions in Star Wars Battlefront 2. This is following some controversy which prompted the Dutch and Belgian gambling authorities to look into whether the loot box system should be classed as gambling. EA released a statement from Dice Boss, boss Oscar Gabrielson saying, We've heard the concerns about potentially giving players unfair advantages and we've heard that this is overshadowing an otherwise great game. We hear you loud and clear so we're turning off all in-game purchases. <laughs> Just cut the last paragraph. You did, didn't you? Let's have a look here. Oh, yeah. It's got some really key facts in it. Okay, interesting. Uh, who's been playing this then? Simon, have you been playing Simon. this? Well, I have to apologise for being part of the problem. I, 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 did, I did a digital pre-order, Teddy. Part mm-hmm. of the problem. Uh, I, yeah, I, I endorse their behaviour, it turns out. So they, having taken my money so that I could have access for the beta two days early, which I didn't play, <laughs> they then just go, OK, cool, we can, uh, we can do this. Mm, Reddit must be furious at you. With me, and yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's difficult to comment on actually what the loot box stuff is, given that they've turned it off. I have to say, um, so, uh, you know, I very much enjoyed Star Wars Battlefront. Apologies, um, but the what, one what? the you one thing that they said that that players were saying was that we really need a single player mm. uh, component to it. And uh, Dyson EA said, "We hear you, we hear you. We've got a single player component." Um, I think they also misheard that that they uh, that they wanted or we wanted them to completely balls up the multiplayer. I'm not talking about loot boxes or stuff like that. It's just a very very different game. With yeah, I okay. don't understand what's going on anymore. I want my old Battlefront back, Steve. <sighs> too late now i want to be able to play turning point or supremacy or droid run can't maybe maybe they'll be microtransactioned the issue is with uh star cards i believe that the the, i don't understand it the the the, the biggest menu item on mm -hmm. battlefront is explaining how star cards work it's not play play this (laughs) it's not play multiplayer or campaign it's what the hell are these I've right. watched it, I don't understand it. So the star cards affect the gameplay and give bonuses. But only specific characters, which you've Correct. not unlocked yet. Right. Hmm. But either way, having those star cards, which you have to unlock and you can pay for, affects the game. And that's the thing that uh, games players seem to be furious about. Uh, cosmetics, fine. You can put your Darth Vader in a mini skirt or whatever else they sell. That's okay if you want to. But affecting the game does seem to be a step further... And that's the thing that's setting this apart from other games like Overwatch, which have had loot crates in them for ages, and no one's been that mad about. I'm, I mean, I'm bad enough at it anyway without having a disadvantage. <laughs> have, yeah, it's been... I've had to stop playing. I've just been in the single player. Mm. I have, where there's, there's no one better than me. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I really put my Darth Vader in a miniskirt, though? One hopes so. I've not been playing it. Simon's the expert. Well, I've unlocked, I've unlocked the Darth Vader <laughs> miniskirt, yeah, have I? And then you have to... Uh, yeah, there were four versions of the miniskirts, mm-hmm. each yeah. more powerful than the last. Ah. So the main issue, though, uh, I've heard is that they're going to be switching these things back on, and that's what Reddit's furious about at I the moment. I can't see it. I can't see it. I, I think don't think gone, so. I think they've had too much. So they've already gone back on Need for Speed, which I don't know anything about anyway, but apparently that had similar sort of microtransactions in etc um apparently disney have got involved and said you know what what the heck are you doing i think that's the thing i think vader and mickey mouse is that's fine i think the furious people played quite a smart game by associate by not going after dice or ea but associate associating disney who owns star wars with gambling which is what they say loot boxes are and i don't think disney wants that association especially in the run-up to the launch of the new star wars film Mm. Mm. Yeah, so we will have to see. Um, it is a shame. Uh, sales are, in the UK at least, uh, of Battlefront 2 are 60% down on the previous. Really? Uh, so when you count, if you take into consideration idiots like me <laughs> uh, who enabled this sort of behaviour, that's still going to be sort of 30% down when apparently most people were predicting that it was going to do better. I don't know. It's such a shame. I, the, the, the first game had a bit of a... so it, it's, it's odd because it, it was the opposite of expectations. The, the beta for the first game apparently was terrible. Right. I didn't play it. And then I got involved in the first the full game. I was like, hey, this is a disposable FPS where I'm not getting showered at mm-hmm. by children uh, and where the sort the loop is fast enough so that if, when you're bad at it like me it doesn't really matter right. uh, whereas now um, everything takes a lot longer everything's a lot more complicated and then it's they've got all this stuff and they've, they've really ruined it Steve it seems did you know that there's a uh, there's a mobile game that I just heard about uh, that is you know the crane games in arcades where the claw comes yep. down and you don't get anything from it yeah you can uh, there's a warehouse somewhere in the world some, in some hidden corner with like thousands of crane games that are automated and you can log into one on your phone and play it remotely 
and what? throw your and if you win, if one actually gets through, they ship it to you. And it's just <laughs> so. What you're saying is that it's full of fluffy Darth Vader's and R2-D2s. <laughs> that's the next logical step, I guess. Is it's it? Just, it's just one of those things in the conversation of games as gambling and, and like loot boxes gambling. Right? Is, is that I feel like one of the the differentiators is it's not physical. It's just a game. Like it's very different. But once you take something like a crane game and make it mm. that you can just throw your quarters into it over and over. It's basically right. a slot machine. Yeah, but after that, you could get a furry Pikachu. <laughs> could. That's what we all want. They're making a list, they're checking it twice, but Counter-Strike Global Offensive already knows if you've been naughty or nice. CSGO's new matchmaking system takes into account how well you've behaved on Steam games. Every player is given a hidden value, their trust factor, based on things like whether they've been logged for cheating. Valve isn't giving a full list of things that will make up the trust factor score. Valve says that to raise your trust factor score, all you need to do is be a positive member of the CSGO and Steam community. Two out of two. Yes, because again, she's just dropped the dropped the, the, dropped the last paragraph. Yeah, which had a joke about Black Mirror, did it? Yeah, right. I saw that. It's very funny. Good, thanks. <laughs> I wrote it all for you. Okay. <laughs> what do I get for a trust score? Uh, so you will get uh, b- better matching. So you'll match mm. with people who are also more trustworthy. Presumably, it's like if you're not trustworthy, we're not going to match you with other people that are. You know, they're playing by the rules. So all the naughty kids will get to play together. I wonder if I could get to choose to shoot naughty kids, though. Mm. That's a much better idea, isn't it? Mm. They, they should have their uh, WASD keys disabled. <laughs> just line them up against a virtual wall. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't get to see your trust score? No, it's, it's a hidden, hidden score. And they aren't... So they're saying that they're going to change um, what goes into creating your trust factor. Mm. Um, you know, based o- over time, they're going to like try a few things out and they're going to change it, which is why they don't want to tell people what it is. And also, presumably, they just want people to be better. So in telling them, if you just do this one thing, people will cheat at it. They'll, like, manufacture sure, that somehow and course. be terrible in another way. Is that okay mm. to hold a piece of information on you and not let you see it? I don't know. Like, like, like d- your Uber score, yeah. right? You, you know, people are allowed to see those. Those used to be more hidden, I remember. Yeah. They used to be, like, yeah. three menus right. down, and now they really throw it at you. Is that because of that? Because it's naughty to hide the information that they hold on you? Is that? I'm not sure. I know you used to actually have to email them and ask for your, you know, and your you score. you did that. I don't have Uber, okay. so... Mm. I, don't, I don't see Uber doing something just because it's better. I feel like they probably <laughs> A-B tested yeah. it and felt like, oh, people resp- people are nicer if we show them the score. Right, 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 okay. right. But no, that's interesting. I, I find it... It does seem a bit weird to be able to keep a score about you and not let you see it, not let you know what it is. Can I think you it's open good. up the spreadsheet now and just put, uh, just yeah. raise Steve's <laughs> value that we've got on Steve. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Russian Ministry of Defense has used a screenshot from a game to prove that US forces were in cahoots with Islamic State fighters. The screen grab was from a game called AC-130 Gunship Simulator and showed a top-down shot of some vehicles. Journalist Elliot Higgins pointed out the fake news and the tweet has since been deleted. It's usually news outlets using uh, using game stills erroneously. Question is, was this more deliberate, a more deliberate move or a dumb mistake? Again, that was good timing, wasn't it? Yeah. I think you I were padding, weren't you? Just to pad <laughs> exactly. It out. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Who's getting into trouble for this then? Like, no one. No, because who's going to go to the Russian Ministry of Defence and be like, "Come on, guys." Well, maybe it's up to us. Do you think so? Do you think we're the ones to stop them? Well, I think our news department is. This is when we call okay. Michael Pactor, right? Isn't isn't oh. he the lawyer for video games? Did he die? <laughs> <laughs> Just moments after I think I miscredited him as a lawyer. Exactly, yeah. Well, then in which case we were talking <laughs> no, about the lawyer, not. Michael Pactor, who died, as opposed to the analyst, <laughs> yeah. who's very much alive. He is very alive. As, <laughs> as far as we know. Who was the man That's that good. died? <laughs> what, this year? The one? I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Who was the lawyer, though? Oh, oh you, you talk about the GTA man? Uh, Jack uh, Thompson? Yeah. What? Is he he did not die, did he? Is he still alive? Maybe we have to be careful about who we're naming now. <laughs> That's a, a ripple going through the industry. Oh, no, Did he I die? I remember who died. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. All right. I'll tell you later. Right. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So, uh, bad, bad Russian ministry. <laughs> Can you do your Black Mirror joke from the story before? Yeah. Or sh- maybe we should ask all of the people we've named just to check their Fitbits. <laughs> <laughs> just in case there's something that uh, you know, Anne, and we Sorry, don't. we need to tell them. 
If a series of games and two films isn't enough Hitman for you, could we interest you in a little TV show? Streaming service Hulu is developing a new series following Agent 47 and based closely on the games by IO Interactive. The pilot script is being written by John Wick creator Derek Kolstad. No news on which actor will be shaving his head for the lead role. Game developer IO Interactive confirmed a new Hitman game is in the works following its split from Square Enix in June. It'll be the first since setting itself up as an independent developer, so we've got a lot more Assassin's Story to come. That missed a really good joke. Did Here's you? hoping it's a hit. Aha. Man. Yeah, that mm. would have been good, wouldn't there we it? Go. Yeah. Um, do, do, how many original shows do Hulu do? <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. Hulu do do. Hulu do two. Do that. Uh, uh, this is the first I've heard. So you assume this sort of thing normally comes from. Sure, there was a Hitman movie, wasn't there? Two yeah. Hitman movie. Two. <laughs> With uh, Timothy something. <laughs> With Jason. Statum, no. which he no. just looks hitmanish, doesn't yeah. he? I don't know. <laughs> it's a skinnier man. Okay, move on. Yeah. <laughs> why did um, why did Hulu pick uh, Hitman specifically? Do we think popular? Also, the tie marketing. Okay, mm. good answer. The movie must have done well, maybe. Yeah, did anybody? Uh, so there was one in 2007 just called Hitman, and one in 2015 called Hitman Agent 47. They didn't really, like, huh. branch out with names. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, good. So you're looking forward to it? I, I won't see it. Because you don't have Hulu? I don't have Hulu. We don't have Hulu, do we? No. Who do, has do, Hulu? <laughs> do you? Good. I, too, don't have Hulu. It's not in Canada. Finally, we all want to date cats, right? Well, now your dreams can come true without any concern for animal welfare. Bossa Studios' Bay Team is releasing Perfect Date, a dating sim visual novel all about, well, cats. We are very feline, very good about this. You will play as a human carrying out research on Cat Island in Japan and discover there's something going on that's giving you pause for thought. The game is out on the 15th of December, and to us, it sounds perfect. Oh, mm. that's good. good. I definitely heard one of you groan. That was me. Was it? Sorry, okay. Was that a, 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 a reaction to? It was the, the first pun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you were like, "I know that." Then I got on board with yeah, the rest of the puns. Do we think Bossa are going to actually publish this one? Or are they going to can it because it hasn't got a hundred thousand users? No, they, they know this one's going to okay. do well. It's a dating sim with right. cats. So, but wait, it's do I play a human dating cats? Right. I'm. I. I'm, I'm unclear, and I watched the release. Uh, the trailer thingy, yeah. and I'm still not super clear on whether I will be dating a cat or I'll be making cats date each other. Because there's that horse boyfriend game. And there's Wet. obviously Hatful boyfriend, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yes. So we're ticking off the species. Yeah, like, but Hatful, you're all birds, right? No. No, because you're a human attending bird school. Oh, the right. last human. Yeah. Mm. So. So. Yeah, this is uh, so. Is it a traditional dating game, sort of uh, mostly narrative, some choices? Yeah, it that seems sort that of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's been developed because Hatful Boyfriend was uh, originally a Japanese game, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Licensed, uh, sorry, translated in. So this has not got any. Uh, no, it looks like they've just. They've okay, just they've just decided. They were just like who were Bay Team? Yeah, that's what I wondered. I, like I. So I watched another video where they talk about, like, it was a cute little animation about how they developed it. And it looks like it was this uh, a guy and a girl who came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. And it's all about them going like, well, we were playing some games and then we wanted something that was cool. How do you spell cats. this? B-A-E. Ah, okay. Ob- obs. Well, it could be mm. Beyonce, Bay team. Could have been. Could have been. Would have been better. Should have been. Yeah, oh. thanks. Um, yeah, so it sort of seems like they they just thought, well, what does the internet really want? And it's... A cat dating sim. It's true. Like, there are not many cat games for the number of people who like cats. We were talking about this recently, weren't we? Uh, possibly. On the show. Well, we saw... this. I think if we were, then I will have mentioned that apocalyptic uh, sort of Blade Runner-ish demo or gif that gets wheeled out every time this conversation comes up. But also, I was thinking I've been really, really enjoying the bits of Mario Odyssey where you ride the Jaxi around. Right. So have you done that? I have done that. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you do you enjoy it? Um, I mean, yeah, it's a different pace of game, isn't it? But <laughs> <It's> <laughs> crazy jacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's brilliant, and it does feel sort of like you're on the back of a lion tearing around the house. Uh, if you keep a lion in your house, that is, which I assume we all do. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I think this is a smart move from Bossa. Yeah. So it, it looks like Bay Team is uh, an independent studio that's working with Bossa on this. Ah, so. Okay. Good. Is that it, Anne? That's the news. Thanks, Anne. 
Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Heroes and Hauntings by Warfare. It's from shipmusic.org. It's a bit sort of ghouls and ghosts, isn't isn't it? it? Ghosts and goblins. Can you tell the difference between ghouls and ghosts and ghosts and goblins? Um, There's a question. Yeah, I I mean, I could if they were in front of me. Could you? Yeah. What is the difference? I could could only tell you when they're in front of me. Are you you asking me out on a date? No, I'm going to. I'm going to put one up on the screen now, okay? And, you'll, and we'll see whether you know which one it is, okay? Just talk amongst yourselves. I mean, I meant from the start of the game, so you need. No. But you that's can... what I. What from what? the tile menu that says ghosts no, and goblins? No, from the opening level is what I'm saying. Well, I assume it's going to be be like that, okay? Anna okay. appears to be. Are you doing that for work or? Yeah, yeah, this is a work thing. Is it? Yeah. What, as opposed to the job of presenting a radio show? Oh wait, we're still doing that. Have <laughs> <laughs> a nice time, Teddy. I am. I'm, th- I'm thinking about ghouls and ghosts okay. and whether they are different at all. It's too I hard. Like they were yeah. both too hard. Oh, what? You mean the concepts of ghouls oh, and yeah, ghosts? Oh, yeah. I haven't played either game. I'm just right. thinking about these creatures. <laughs> I've, I've gone off on my own. Okay. Okay. How's it going, Steve? Here we go. What, which, one, what, which one's that? Well, that's ghosts and goblins. Uh, let me see. Well, 100% ghosts and goblins. Yeah, that is ghosts yeah. and goblins. You oh, were right. Well, exactly. Sorry for doubting you. Right then. Okay. Good. Should we just show old arcade games up to our guests and just go, which one's that? <laughs> well, we've got another, you know, Good thanks minutes, for coming. So thanks. We hear you're an ar- arcade expert. So. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, so, Teddy, mm. you've had an interesting journey so far in the games industry, haven't you? I suppose so. I find it interesting. I'm still here. Okay. Here, like, uh, non-physically speaking. Because what, be- what, uh, what is trendy to do is to be... Triple A, mm-hmm. and then go indie, mm-hmm. and you've gone indie, Triple A. That's is that, is that right? Fair to say? I've gone back and forth. Like, okay. if, if you want to be precise about it, which we do, uh, I've gone like Triple A, and then academic, and then Triple A, and then indie. Okay. So I was at Disney for a while. Okay. I was at Microsoft for a bit. Right. So I've kind of gone in and out. Although to be fair, this is the first time I've like really leaned in full time and moved somewhere for a Triple A thing. Okay. So. Um, how's how's because people um, what they tend to do is go okay uh, be we're being stifled creativity sorry creatively uh, we're going to do our own thing and then they um, stick at that for some time so uh, how's how's that how's that move back been um, it's interesting because I, I came under certain circumstances uh, of me feeling like uh, cool this is an environment where it can still feel indie there can still be a certain uh, safety in being able to do what what we want um I, uh, for context like i had we had just released hyperlight drifter that was uh, a success at least to me um and so <laughs> i mean to all of us um uh and so i did i wasn't looking hungrily for a job it was just an opportunity to like uh make a next game and oh i could make a next game if i were square enix and use that as a creative constraint so it has been interesting uh, as a, going from that starting point of oh this seems indie enough to observing all of the forces that are always coming down upon you in, a, in an organization like that to, to try and, or not try consciously, but to passively uh, make all the things you hear about, the, the bad things, the, the creative stifling, things like that. Um, there's just, it, it's, it's hard to describe, there's just mechanisms in place. And, um, you know, my perception of that studio was they've got kind of a wall up, so to speak. Right. This is not necessarily uh, super negative. I've never been super uh, hateful about AAA, but... It's usually just a matter of scale. When you get bigger, 
things change, like numbers change, and uh, your creativity gets more risky. Well, out of all of the, um, I guess you'd call them triple uh, a publishers uh square appears to be the most indie friendly in terms of its work with the collective mm. and the way it's trying to embrace that side of indie culture does that extend to uh montreal it doesn't i wish the collective uh if it were all more connected i think one of the consequences of the studio being protected creatively is that it's uh, sanctioned off it's like separate so that's why, like, I don't know anything about the Hitman Hulu series. <laughs> or Finally, you did. Uh, you, so you said that uh, Hyperlight Drifter you consider a success. How, 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 how did it do? Uh, it sold well, so we made it's money. Success? We, yeah, we made more than we <laughs> was, spent. Everybody loved it, didn't they? They did. I, like, I think... Um, I mean, to be to be reasonable, like it made a it made a lot of money. Um, but also, if you average out all the years we spent being like extra poor artists, it it does kind of balance out. Except we got to do what we wanted. We got to make what we wanted, so that's good. Um, and then review wise, they were pretty good. You know, I still haven't read almost any reviews of the game okay. because by the time we finished it, I just like there were real like clickbaity art not clickbaity articles for normal people but clickbaity for me like someone <laughs> sent me a link they're like they compared it to kurosawa and i was like oh um i went to film school so this is exciting right. and even that i haven't read because i i don't know I, I know what the game is to me so did we think. review it i uh, think we gave it seven out of ten seven out of ten so, yeah. seems yeah. fair i'll take that was that was that difficult because it was out on pc first and then it came to consoles is it on playstation is it on xbox as well it is, is we, it? we were very careful about putting it out at the same time on both because we promised both on our kickstarter okay was it difficult having um so it felt like you were sort of done with it when you were done with the pc launch was it difficult going back to it keeping that enthusiasm up or was- uh i would be uh not uh, I, I'm not entitled to talk about that because I left. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we had entr- at that point, we had entrusted the port um, to another engineer because okay. both Bo and I are not uh, expert porters, uh, and we confessed that from the beginning. So we were both like, we don't know what we're doing. I don't know what a graphics card is. Uh, I've programmed games, but I don't know anything about those things. So um, that is to say... Yes, I, I know that for Alex, who was running the company, Alex Preston, who was running the company, that is a pain to like stick in it for a while. Um, but fortunately, that is over. When you're uh, working as an indie, I know a lot of indie studios uh, encourage people to have their own small personal projects. Is that any different now you're at a uh, bigger studio? That was another thing that was very like a requirement for me in going to Square is that there was a there was a clause in the contract that they put in that said everyone can work on other things. Um, because I think that's just good to have. Mm. I mean, even if you don't have that much time, even if you're working a full-time job and you're too tired to go home and work on something, it's nice to have something to tinker with and feel like I'm not going to get sued if I try to release this. So are you doing that right now, making yes. something? And is it secret? Yes. What color is it? Uh, Pink. Nice. Yeah, nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm painting a real picture in my head And now. is this something that has a deadline for you, or is it just, as you say, it's something you're tinkering with, or project? I'm like trying to, I feel like, for, at least for me, indie development is about, like, realizing that I can't self-produce, and then mm-hmm. trying to find ways to commit myself to things that force me to have deadlines. So, like, festivals are really good for that, because you say, someone says, hey, do you have a build that you could show at E3? And we go, yeah, this is a great build, you're going to love it! And then you have to make that build. So, I'm trying to do that now, I'm trying to, like... I'm even uh, considering a publisher for it just for the sake of having deadlines mm-hmm. and having someone who will shake their finger at me. What's the, uh, what's the indie dev scene like in Montreal? It is... Uh, it's very um, not panicky. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of dev scenes are <laughs> panicky. That's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, there's a joie de vivre in, in Montreal. Because like, uh, Montreal's a great city for artists because it's cheap. It's mm. just super cheap. The best thing that ever happened to that city is, the, I think, the riots. I'm not from there, so I can't say that that's... Maybe many people probably think differently. <laughs> there were riots in maybe the 70s or 80s. I haven't read on it properly. But what I do know is that it scared the banks away, and the banks have all the money. So once you get the banks out of there, your city is cheap and creative and uh, non-panicky. Okay. Wow. Sounds, we're definitely not all thinking, how do we say, I hope that happens in London, <laughs> without... Hoping that happens. Of yeah. course, we don't hope that happens in London. No, please don't it, take one life left as yeah. inciting riots. No, please don't. <laughs> um, who else is up there? There's U- Ubisoft are there, aren't they? Ubisoft are the big dogs. It's, They're like thousands of folks. Okay, so um, how does it? Can you? Can you? Can you? Is, is there a rivalry between the two companies up there? Is it city big enough for the both of you? I, I, I think in terms of um, inside the city, people know them apart. 
in terms of like uh, layman's, like if I have like a, a taxi driver who's like, oh, what do you do? And I say video games. He says, do you work at Ubisoft? And I say, yes, because it's just a shorter conversation. Okay. <laughs> it's like if, you know, I, I'd be in a, a car and they would say, oh, what did you make? And I'd be like, oh, Hyperlight Drifter. And they'd be like, oh, I never heard of that. What's it like? And I'd say Zelda. So now I'll just say I made Zelda. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my kid loves Zelda. And it's like conversation <laughs> over. And wow. you're like, thanks. I worked really hard on that. <laughs> I did the hat. Yeah. If you keep that up, you'll be stopped for autographs. It's, it's the man who made Zelda living in Montreal. <laughs> it does sound, it does Telling taxi drivers that you work at Ubisoft sounds like a good way of getting information because the taxi driver will go, go, okay, cool. I had someone in the back of my cab who was at Ubisoft. Like, who was it? Is he working on a project? Whoa. Tell me which projects he's working on and then you could... I should start doing that for studios that I really want to know what they're working yeah. on. That was not meant to be a dig at Ubisoft, but it was a pretty good <laughs> dig at Ubisoft. Oh, I guess the town isn't big enough for the both of you. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. And what's the, um, what's the biggest thing that you miss then, having gone back to AAA? Oh, God. Um, I miss loud music in the studio. Uh, I miss all the plates being dirty. Um... <laughs> I think that uh, one of the things you have to work extra hard on in being in one of those environments is that you spend all day with people doing the same games, whereas when you are indie, there, at least when I was indie, there was more opportunities to just stumble into different things people were working on because you'd work in different co-op spaces or different people would come in and out of the same co- co-working space. And so you're just exposed to other people's games. You are showing other people your game more freely even if your thing is so like my side project now that is private and still a secret it is hardly a secret like i've shown several people since i've i'll show you all afterwards if you'd like um, just don't tell anyone yes. but if you're in a big company it's like oh this isn't mine like i can't take that risk whereas i can just willy-nilly trust people as i please and um what, when are we going to see the your influence on the stuff that squares producing it'll be a bit will it that's that's will it be e3 it's gonna be build for e3 mm, i don't know Okay. Um, I have a question about your selfies. Okay. Because you're you're prolific selfie taker, right? He's a handsome man. Thanks. Well, prolific just means the amount, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you should take a lot. You're a handsome man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you going to turn that into a game? Oh, taking selfies? Yeah. Uh, Should I? Like, it just feels like if you do it that frequently, Mm. you must enjoy it. If people enjoy something making a game out of it doesn't seem like the worst idea maybe i could do if i could get the technology from that crane game where you control the cranes remotely but instead you're controlling the arm of a celebrity yes and they've all got these rigs on them yeah so you like from 4 p.m to 6 p.m tyra banks has a mechanical arm <laughs> tyra banks mechanical arm no what you need to do is make it a battle royale i can go on so you take a picture of somebody they die <laughs> and so there's, there's uh-huh. hundred of you enter the selfie re- arena, take a picture of them, they disappear. Okay. You've captured them all, battle royale, then you, there, there can be only one. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, Teddy okay. Dave's selfie battle royale. We're going to register the URL right now. Do, do you remember the game <laughs> I Am Rich? I Am Rich was like was one the of the very iPhone. first mobile iPhone games, yeah. and it was just a game that cost $1,000. Oh, right, right, put yeah, a red gem right, on yeah. your phone, didn't yeah. it? Just a, a big red gem on the screen. What was it? Wow. And then yeah. Apple were like, yeah, we don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> I like that as like a one-off. It only matters for one thing. Maybe you could make, maybe it's not Battle Royale. Maybe it's like you can, you buy the app and it costs $100, $1,000. A human life is worth $1,000, right? And like, <laughs> In you, Montreal. Can, sure. you, can, <laughs> you can kill one person with it. Okay. Does that sound well, fun? I was just thinking I, actually what you're doing there because uh, obviously uh, PUBG as we you know as we call it um, Fortnite and then there's another game that's just done Battle Royale as well which has now got a million players overnight. It's a thing that everyone's doing. Was it Nick Fal- Nick Faldo's Battle it's, Golf? It's not that. No, I mean, okay. I mean you know, we thought Tony Gallon was joking when uh, he came up with this premise. He wasn't. But... He was talking with James Parker at the Dundee Mariochi okay. very, very seriously. They were talk- They were telling me they'd. Um, James Parker's done some research into getting some uh, Unity assets for Nick Faldo's Battle Golf. Okay. He, what would you he need? Found, well, he found some golf animations okay. in the store, but it referred to with your golf bat, so he wasn't sure of the quality. <laughs> <laughs> of the of the animation okay. still it's uh, proceeding they asked me yeah. if I wanted to be involved well, have you seen that um, office chair bo- battle royale prototype I saw a yes. gif yes. I, thought it, I thought that doesn't look very fun I think it'd be like the duck game and that's, or, or the goose game where everyone's mm. like oh this is great for gifts but no one's going to buy it mm. we shall see but selfie battle royale I'd play goose game I just yeah I think, I think we will play yeah but it's you know it's whether it's whether everyone else will 
Hmm. I like sell it not caring at what's popular. If I, um, I, sorry, I don't pay attention to it. If Simon makes uh, selfie battle royale, uh, will you be on the cover of it? Yeah, um, I mean, we can talk about contracts. Just your face. Just, just don't pose for the picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's very It'll become good. self-fulfilling. Do you like a candid? <laughs> uh, Teddy, how, where, where can we keep up with you and your and your work that you are allowed to talk about? Oh, uh, I have a website that's teddydeef.com, and then just Twitter is where I'm on. So Teddy Deef on Twitter, that's D-I-E-F. Yep, straight into letters because we don't have any features this week, uh, which caught you by surprise. Did catch me straight, but I was getting all letters ready perfectly. Do you think anybody heard me say straight? And it's a good job I didn't swear, isn't it? Very good job. Teddy, you've got a letter. I do, and I didn't even pre-read it, so this is a big trust exercise. There we go. (laughs) Hello, hello, team. Hello, SSG. I had some time to kill on a train on Saturday, and I charged through an hour or so of Broforce, the mindless action movie parody. It's a guilty pleasure, but a pleasure all the same. Then, quite suddenly, it moved from fighting anonymous grunts and bizarre machinery to taking on some very familiar aliens. Capital A, aliens. For some reason, it creeped me out, and I found myself hiding rather than charging in. What unexpected twist caught you unaware in the midst of play? Pip, pip, Robert. Ooh. Well, the uh, the most obvious one is Spec Ops. Spec Ops. <laughs> Spec Ops the line. Right, that is an obvious one. Metal Gear uh, 2. Mm. When yeah, when that twist. happens. That, that When that happens. Yeah. For me, though, genuinely, it was with Halo. Um, when a third, so you're fighting one of them, of them, mm-hmm. and then two of them, of and then there's two right. of them, okay. and suddenly that changes everything. It's Whoa. a different game, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, people didn't like the flood, but they were wrong. It was important to have that to sort of set off against your fights with the Covenant, and then when when you're fighting three of them, yeah, well, I yeah. had an experience with heavy rain. When, yeah. when you're playing Heavy Rain, you have to make your own experiences. Of course. This was not a, an author. <laughs> it was that I was uh, like I had a gun on someone, and I was meant to talk him down from shooting me or someone else. And then I pushed the button to say like it's going to be okay, but I didn't. I pushed the shoot him button, and so, and so uh, that was unexpected because I killed someone. I think that's deliberate, you know, because I, I well I did the same. You don't mean to kill that person, mm. but you do. Mm. Uh, and I I didn't I didn't go back and mm. go over the save file, but I know some someone else that's done exactly the same it's clever old david cage mm. in there eh? he always messing with you david cage uh, i shouldn't have brought this up <laughs> <laughs> and um, um anything to add no no okay i won't draw attention to that then no i was what i was thinking i'm always uh like in creepy scary games i'm always on edge like i'm on edge from the very very start so i feel like i'm not often caught out because i'm just always prepared to be prepared to be scared and then yeah I, don't, I can't think of a time that I've been caught out by a twist otherwise okay mm-hmm. dear team and SSG writes Chris Con- okay dear team and SSG writes Chris Conroy I recently built a retro pie for a friend's significant birthday and was surprised at how easy the whole process was. Within an evening, I put together a teeny tiny system that was running MAME and a bunch of other emulators and was testing it with a perfect recreation of the classic Bally arcade game Tapper. The idea that these old games are accessible on a credit card-sized system is incredible, and I still can't quite get my head around the fact that MAME plays the original arcade ROMs like some unimaginable Neo Geo from the future. The whole experience was another little reminded that we live in an age of commonplace wonders that should be impossible. So my question to you is, what everyday miracle has shaken you out of your postmodern ennui recently? Good question. Yeah. It's a lot to consider there, it isn't it? Is. So we'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> everyday miracles. Well, I think a lot of what we do is a miracle, isn't it? The fact that Chris Conroy's eat wherever Chris is, mm. he's communicating he's with us. He's been writing to us for 10 years, you know. Right. <gasps> That's an everyday miracle. It is. An every, everyday miracle that you haven't unsubscribed yet. Yeah. I really like Spotify. Can we talk about Spotify? Of course. They have music on there. They like so I'm not a big proactive person in in like uh, smart houses or like setting up complicated things like I can change the temperature of my house from afar. But Spotify tricked me into having that because it's just automatically on all your devices if it's right. installed. And I had it on my PlayStation and it was like, "Well, 
uh, I went to log in and I was like, okay, log in. And I was expecting a password prompt. And it was like, we just went ahead and logged in because your phone's on the same Wi-Fi. Right. What? And I was like, whoa. Whoa. Miracle. Mm. Spotify <laughs> does podcasts. Why aren't we on there? Are we not? Are we not? Are we not? Are we? Not. I don't think we are. Ask the caretaker. And Taylor right. Swift isn't on there, right? So True. Yeah. Well. She is back. I think she's... Oh. Yeah, she went back on Spotify with her old stuff, and then I think she was waiting a week after release until she started streaming it. Okay, mm. so you have to hold so, back a bit. Yeah. So maybe we should wait a week. And then, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. All right. Is that it for letters? That's it for letters. Two. Only two this week. Yeah. Thank you, Chris and Robert, obviously. The rest of you, try harder. to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM and I've just blown Anne's mind with an everyday miracle. There was a bit of the One Life Left drive I didn't even know existed. I know, where all the karaoke is. And by karaoke we mean mariochi, don't we? Uh, So we've been um, to Scotland. How was that? Since we last talked to our listeners. Went to Dundee uh, to uh, Abertay for Scotland uh, for the IGA IGDA Scotland's AGM okay that's a lot of letters I know it's loads isn't it did you attend the AGM I did okay. yes what business was passed uh, they sort of they went uh, they, sh- they showed the budget showed okay. what they spent the money on what, they elected, what was the most expensive thing oh, I didn't notice <laughs> they elected some there. new officials okay are yeah. you now anybody that we know <laughs> No, okay. I don't think so. Um, and they got rid of Tony Gowland. Did they? Yeah. Oh, in a, in a coup. <laughs> yeah, a coup. <laughs> uh, and uh, then they said on with the real business of the night, Marioki. Right. First mm. time in Scotland. And it was exceptional. Oh, I should say, by the way, this was... Uh, who was this piece of music? Cypher, Cypher 1590, and it's called Oui, Oui. Sea waves. I don't think sea is a French word, is it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. If yeah, yeah, yeah. means if. Uh, okay, so we did Marioki okay. in Scotland. It went really well. Yep. Uh, Scottish crowd was amazing. Sang from about eight p.m. eight thirty p.m. right through to midnight. Whoa! Did when, we stop at midnight on the dot when there? the bar staff were sort of looking at their watches. Right. Uh, and how yeah, we like was, to end, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> with feeling like we are overstaying our welcome. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it was a phenomenal evening. So thanks so much to IGDA Scotland and especially to uh, Unreal for sponsoring us up there. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Apparently, the amount that Unreal sponsored us was exactly the right amount that uh, could be spent on the credit card without signing it off. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Which is, do we take credit cards? Do we take credit cards now, do we? Uh, we should do, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. Like, you can walk around with a reader with yes. you and... So thanks so much for that. We will. Uh, that was our final away day Marioki of the year. Mm. No more. Wow, there's been no a lot more. this year, haven't there? But, been so many. But we've got one more Marioki this year, which I will be away for. 
So it is, in <laughs> a way, an away day. It's on the 8th of December, and it's ticketed, it's our Christmas party, and it is sold out. Sold out pretty quickly, didn't it? It did sell out very, very quickly, more quickly than it's ever sold out before. Um, And that's a shame. There is still a wait list, and there will be some more tickets released, we think. So do sign up for that wait list. Once we've got the final stage dimensions, haven't we? Know what's happening with the backing band. (laughs) Just need to know, uh, check with health and safety, like, if you shoot that many glitter cannons off, how many people can you legally have in the room? Exactly. Uh, But, you know, it wouldn't be unlikely for us to have a backing band, because we've done that this year. Yep. Did uh, What a year it's been. where, Where else have we been this year? Been to New York. Did New yeah. York for the first time. Did you've Bel- been to Melbourne? We've remotely been to Melbourne. We haven't actually been to Melbourne. Did we get like paid for that? To did go we? to Melbourne. No. <laughs> mm. Licensing did fee. Bring a credit card. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you need, okay. Did you need? Just give it to Steena. Yeah. Pass me the reader. We should mention what we're talking about is the time that uh, Rami sprang a surprise Marioki on Teddy on right. stage at uh, what was it Melbourne? It was um um um. Uh, there's an acronym for it. GCAP, G- uh, Games G-Cap. Connect Asia Pacific. Okay. Uh, which is part of the Melbourne International Games Week, which is like they just pack all the games festivals into one week so that people don't have to go to Australia many times. <laughs> That's smart. And you were there and you ended up singing Marioki, uh, not at a Marioki event at your. Uh, yes, uh, a licensed, I, I, as I understand it, pre maybe not uh, paid, but at least approved. <laughs> <laughs> approved uh, performance. And you were excellent. You were on video. People can see video of that. All over the internet. All over. All over There's the internet. There's literally nowhere you could go that it wouldn't be. It's true. BBC, uh, other side. <laughs> I, forgot, I don't know if there are... It's, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Got to get on with the reviews because it's quarter two already. What? My what? Goodness. What have you been playing, Simon? Play a lot. I've uh, gone back to Skyrim this week. Oh, it's good to be back. Um, so you've started right from the start. Right from the very beginning. So On when the switch. You have to go through that tutorial bit. What did you do straight after that? Did you follow the instructions and go to the dude's cousin's house? I did, yeah. You did? I was a little bit drunk, I have to say. Still on uh, the rails, then? Given that I've... Um, uh, I started playing it three times beforehand. Uh, I didn't feel the need to go back because I started Mario Galaxy. Uh, sorry, Mario Galaxy, Mario Odyssey. A little bit drunk. I had to go. And, so I had to start playing it again the following morning just to remind myself. But Skyrim, gonna let it go. Very much enjoying it. Uh, it's beautiful on the Switch. The one thing I have been playing though is um, in between the Skyrim and Battlefront Two uh, is car football. What's car football? That sounds like Rocket oh, League. It's going to be big. Rocket it's going to be big. League. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about it. <laughs> well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I've owned it. Uh, it was given away as part of PlayStation Plus. So I've had it for years, yeah. uh, but I've never played it before. Uh, this is Rocket League on the Switch, to clarify. Um, it's a game where uh, you... Uh, you it's, a, it's a game of football played with cars uh, as the players rather than the ball. Can't say it working. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it's amazing. I, I'm terrible at it. I think everyone's terrible at it, but it's really, really good fun. Um, you can play different versions. You play one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three even. Uh, I've just been playing, in the, I'm dipping my toe in the casual league. I've only been playing against Switch players, so they're not the experience. Because um, the night beforehand, I think sort of 40 million people had watched the Rocket League World Final wow. last wow. week. So there are some people that are very good at is it. That an e-sport? It is an eSport, yeah. 40 million people watched it live. Uh, you're going to see me there next year because I'm going to be practicing. I can play anywhere now. Yeah, um, yeah it's fantastic. Uh, it's, um, it's a game that uh, is. So much fun, despite the fact that no one appears to be any good at it. Um, when the ball is dribbling along uh, just outside the goal that you need to nudge it into and all the cars <laughs> snuffling at it with their noses and completely <laughs> failing to get it in the goal. Uh, yeah, But then yeah, now and again, you'll accidentally whack it by doing a somersault and it'll go over everybody else. And then you push down on the D-pad and then left on the D-pad because there's no voice chat and the switch is mm. why we like it. And you say, good shot. I feel the reason that you know that Rocket League is, is a success, and I'm telling Newsflash, Rocket League is a success, mm-hmm. is that I that I don't know anyone in the indie community. I'm sure there are people, but I don't know them uh, who's met those people. And I feel like it's because if you have a game and then it's it's big and successful, then, right? Like, they stop being. They, they they go and stand elsewhere. Well, they're too busy making their popular game. Yeah, uh, and maybe they don't need to talk about it as much. To be fair to them, it was like their fourth or fifth go oh, yeah. at car football, wasn't it? I yeah, didn't that. and um, is that right? Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you. <laughs> Why did it take us so long to invent car football? 
Um, Mev Dink came in. Uh, uh-huh. Do you remember Mev? Uh, yeah, who yeah, did Street Racer? It was car football in Street Racer. Was that? Yeah, mm. it's just you know, it's Friendster. Yeah, it's a whole lot. It's you know, the, 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 being a good game is not good enough anymore. So much more needs to be. Um, uh, happening. I mean, actually, Rocket League was Rocket League's success was born out of failure, right? As I understand it. Mm-hmm. Psionics were running out of money, and so they had to do the PlayStation Plus deal in order <laughs> to get money in, and that's mm. what that's what yeah. that's what made gave it to everybody because they sell <coughs> DLC. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> there's money coming that way, and now it's on all formats. So right. yeah, and, and now people try and replicate their success when actually it was failure that got them to where they are. It's also really hard to make online multiplayer games, mm. and now it's getting a little easier. They're more likely to have a studio that will commit to rock to car uh, football. I'm in the wrong country. Car <laughs> football uh, as like their only game release. Yeah. So if failure is the key to success, yep, we do. <laughs> we're <laughs> we do it talk. soon, Steve. We do it day. soon. One day. Seven right. out of ten. Anne. Uh, I have been playing Terry Kavanagh's new game. Ooh. Have you? Just type stuff. Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very ter- Terry name, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, so in Just Type Stuff, you go to the website justtypestuff.com um, and you just start typing stuff. And then stuff starts appearing, and then you'll type more stuff, and it's more stuff starts appearing, and then filters start happening. And I, I went into an infinity filter, or like the solar system will be in front of you. And you just basically start making all these weird, like. Uh, but the solar system won't be in front of you unless you've typed. Unless you've typed. I think I typed. Solar system. Yeah. Which is, you know. Yeah. It's, it doesn't all happen to you. You make it happen yeah, yeah, to yeah. you. Yeah. And sometimes you'll type in things that you think are, well, what could possibly come up for that? And something really cool will come up. Um, and sometimes you just type in words and it's like, Terry doesn't think that's a word, for goodness sake. Terry doesn't care about sausages. I, I think he doesn't care about sausages. Uh, anyway, so you end up making all these like beautiful artistic things with like loads of cats on your screen, inevitably. Um, and I saw... Some, I didn't even think about this. I saw a picture that someone else had made and it had London as the backdrop and I was like, places! I didn't <laughs> think to type places. I was like, sunsets, the moon, cats, ice cream. I don't think ice cream came up. Uh, and it was have my- you, You've tried typing cats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then have you tried typing more cats? Right, so I typed, And even more cats. So I was sitting there just typing and Matt was... Uh, whilst looking at Matt... In the art, he was like, "What are you doing?" And I was just typing "cat, cat, 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 cat," and they were just coming off on screen. It was like a dream. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a super fun game, and it's like not really a game, but it. Uh, what? Like it's not a Is game. That what we're doing now? It's not a game in the okay. sense that you have like. Int- well, go on. It's the best game I've played. <laughs> Seven out of ten, great game. <laughs> All right, uh, Teddy or me next. I've been playing Teddy. another Teddy. thing that Anne would probably not call not a game. Yeah, she probably would. Uh, yeah, that's well, me. I don't call anything a game. She's the mm. game police. Well, I've been, I've been not not I've been unplaying again because I've I've gone back to playing everything, uh, okay. the David O'Reilly game uh-huh. because I I played it and I finished it. I got to like the ending and then I stopped and I felt really good because it only took four hours and that's like a big win for me if a game is short. But it has many cats. You can probably put even more cats. Have you played it? No, what did you what's it on? Oh, it's on PlayStation 4 and Steam, I believe. I have both of those things. You could do it on either. Okay, so like you um you are a horse or maybe a cow, I don't remember. You're hey, like Hey. You're <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a bold move. Very bold. Getting towards the end of the show, what's the worst that can happen? We've all been thinking it. (laughs) Um, And you can be so many things, and you can be things that are bigger than you or smaller than you. So it feels like there's a bit of Katamari Damacy in there, because you can, you, you, one is a horse, and then one can go up to a tree, which is bigger than every horse, and you can become the tree, and then you can become a mountain, and then you can become a planet, or you can go downwards, and you can become a bug, and then like a, a little piece of algae, and then you can become a microscopic thing and that's just kind of all you do is you explore the world and while you're playing uh, a new age philosopher whose name is escaping me like says things to you and in four hours i got to be lots of animals i got to be a planet and i got to like learn about a philosophy that that really changed my thinking on things and also it plays itself you can turn it on to idle mode and you don't even have to play it so it'll keep you company if you're lonely that's my dream <laughs> seven out of ten good I've been playing Status Insane. Yeah, I looked this up, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so, Status Insane is a game that I've watched in development for the last year, a bit more than that, uh, in 
in Finland, in uh, Joensuu, near the Russian border, uh, and I've been seeing it develop. And it's come out really, really nicely. It's a puzzle game where you play someone who is in an insane asylum trying to escape, and uh, it's kind of like a tile-based stealth game. There are guards patrolling around the place who, if they catch you with their torches will uh, shoot you, knock you out, and you'll be back to the start of that level. You have to avoid the light, essentially. Uh, It's very, very cartoony, but what I like most about it is that it's clearly a game where this feels like his one shot, and he's just thrown everything at it. And it's a bit crazy, it's a bit, uh, like, finish, and full of his personality. Uh, but obviously all of the team have like gone, right, we're just going to go over the top on this, we're going to deliver a what we want to deliver, and it feels like they've cared about it, it's kind of crafted. It's also, like Teddy says, uh, a short game, which really appeals to me right now. I watched him speedrun it in about half an hour, I think if you were taking... Oops... The music's gone. I think if you were taking your time over it, it'd take you maybe a couple of hours, perhaps. Depends how good you are at puzzles. Um, but generally, like, short is good, right? It's cheap and short and nice. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. I w- enjoyed watching other people play it as well. Seven out of ten. What I, I'm going back. I'm going backwards. Yes. What I liked about everything is that after four hours, there's like an ending, and it explicitly says to you, like, this is the end, but you can keep playing if you want to. Right, right, and that's what I loved about Odyssey as mm. well. Yes. Um, which I've also been playing this week, 700 Moons. Uh, Odyssey ends early, and you're like, cool, right, I feel I have some kind of resolution, I can walk away. But then Odyssey gives you a ridiculous amount of stuff to do after that. And I've never, se- I've never seen a game that shaped before, mm. like that's shaped so top-heavy. Like There's so much to do, it's almost... I don't know, 80% of the game feels like it happens after you complete, which is good. It's like a whole current of games that are trying to pull you to just play it forever. Right. And I just extremely dislike that. Yeah, absolutely. I want um, Finite ideally lower than two hours because I want this thing to be consumable. I want to feel like I've done it. And if you're good enough, I will keep playing you, you know, but I don't have to. And that feels good. Cool. Done. Great. It's, It's in that awkward, like, three minutes to the hour thing where I can put some music on. How are you tracking these seven? How are you finding these seven hundred? Are you using uh, the internet or anything? Are you just not coming all. across them. So um, you have two ways of once you've completed each zone or whatever, you you get the uh, the extra things at the end from the the metal cube which explode. It tells you where those moons are, but then you'll end up with you know maybe Sounds as like many a as massive spoiler to me. That's Steve. People have kept saying to me what. The people that are going through it that haven't got the uh, post-credits scenario. Like, think, what do those metal cubes go? I don't know. I, I think don't if know. you, you think are be important? still listening to a Mario Odyssey section after someone is going, how are you finding these moons then? <laughs> then uh, the spoiler is on you. So you can either talk to Toad and pay him 50 credits for some kind of instruction to find those moons. I don't know what that kind of instruction is because I have not paid him 50 credits. Or you can talk to the parrot... Mm-hmm who will give you the title of a moon that you are missing. And that clue is kind of like a cryptic clue, really. So I've been using those to decipher where those moons are. And it's been perfectly balanced. And some of them have been easy to find. Some of them I've been wandering around for ages and then found them. You know, either way, the game itself, the environment, is such a pleasure to move around in. Every single thing you do in that game is so filled with so much joy that... I'm happy to just get on a jaxi and ride it around. <laughs> I genuinely just ride it around the desert for ages. It's still a good use of my gaming time. I feel like Mar- uh, Nintendo is missing an opportunity because so many people are talking about Mario Odyssey and I don't have a Switch. So in the last two weeks, I've listened to the Mario Galaxy soundtrack yeah. over and over and I've played Mario 64, right. <laughs> which are free for me to do. Yeah. But I'm just like, I need it, but I don't have a Switch. So that's where I'm at. What kills me about the game is the the jaxi alone, I can see... Whole games being built on that model of control. And every, you know, just about everything that you take over, the little plants where the legs stretch or the bird where your your beak goes into the wall, each of those control methodologies are as thought through and as tested and as beautiful as other people's whole games. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of Mario Odyssey rip-off spin-off games on on mobile over the next mm. couple of years because it's like they come up with ideas and then they're like, done with it. Like after five minutes, two levels. It's brilliant. It's all about the trace walking for me. 
Um, I did. I love trace walking. So, so the trace walking love, in the desert. I love how happy they I are. I came back to my room drunk after Marioki, right? right? And I was like, I've got to do this circle trace walk. I know, I won't remember this tomorrow, so I'll just do it a hundred times. And I did it. I got 100% on the circle trace walking. Okay. And in the morning, I found a video that I'd taken and saved to my Switch of it to remember this, Steve. But yeah, trace walking is brilliant. The fishing's great. Uh, you know, the toad, the races, sorry, the Cooper races, they're fantastic. It's just great. I think. I genuinely think it might be my favourite game of all time. Whoa! I know. I don't play favourites, but I... What we need is cliffhanger music, don't we? Eastenders drum beats. Teddy, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, you must pop back, or we'll, or we'll pop to you, actually. Sure. Any excuse to get to Canada? Pop to America. Uh, or Canada. I'm around them. Yeah. Well, we, we absolutely have to. Oh, we need to do a Canadian Mario. Yeah, exactly. Good. Good. Right. Good. <laughs> Good. Great. Good. Right, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Will we be back next week? All being well. We'll all be back being next well, week. We'll be back oh, next we'll week. We'll be back next week. See you then. Bye. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.